What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Friday. Will Brinson here. I'm your host. This is the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast, the only daily NFL podcast on the entire planet. Subscribe, rate, and review if you get a chance. We appreciate it. One game to recap really quickly, and it was a stinker on Thursday night. You know, Fox got a good matchup, their little NFC battle between the Eagles and the Giants, and they got exactly what the Giants got uh, because they drafted Saquon Barkley, a terrible offense surrounded by a lack of talent, uh, or basically Eli Manning. Now, that's not meant as a you know, knock on Saquon Barkley because he was incredible. 13 rushes, 130 yards, a 50-yard touchdown, 12 targets, 9 catches, 99 yards. If you tell me a running back has those numbers, then I'm going to assume that team scored 31 points and won the game. That was not the case. The Giants lost 34-13. to Carson Wentz, very good tonight. 26-36, 278 yards and 3 touchdowns. Uh, found a very wide open Nelson Aguilar for what could have been another touchdown instead had to settle for a score later this game was never close the giants are terrible i mean i mean just terrible they did it's it's depressing that that they would because look like saquon barkley on, on another team would be appointment television you would have to watch every game this guy played like when he was at penn state um instead you have this drama where odell beckham storming off at the halftime slamming you know slamming fans helmet, you know slamming his helmet on fans and stuff i mean it's just a, it's just a mess the giants are, are atrocious eli manning is not good he's washed i highly recommend you check out jordan jordan ronan's uh article on espn basically breaking down that there's a lot of people in the building who believe correctly that Eli, who they didn't say he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's not. He will be, but he shouldn't be. But they believe he's been washed for about five years. And if you if you if you go against Eli, you end up getting in trouble in New York. And well, Eli doesn't look good. The offensive line can't protect him either. Conversely, I think that the Eagles are starting to come together. I mean, you're seeing a team you know, didn't run the ball particularly well, but Corey Clement can really be a threat in both the pass game and the run game. Aguilar and Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey had 12 targets, eight catches, 74 yards, and two touchdowns. Zach Ertz only had 43 yards, but he scored seven catches too. I mean, he, they've got, the weapons are starting to come together. The Eagles at two and three. Or two and four, or three and three, excuse me. I mean, should not, you know, they're, they're not a dominant NFC team, but they can, go, they can rip off some games here. Uh, they're, they're good enough. De- defensively, they've, they played well enough. Uh, you know, they still have some issues in the secondary, but they can rip off some games. These are two, two teams going in opposite directions is the long story short. Let's go do some picks though, cause that game is not worth spending too much time on. Again, subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure to check out CBS Sports HQ. Pete Prisco, myself will be on there. You can check out Sportsline too. RJ White will be on there. And we got both of those gentlemen here right now to make some picks. Now right, time to do some picks. Thursday nights in the books. We get to find out if RJ White was right or wrong. Because he put his picks in Thursday. We're recording this on Thursday. This is the full pick segment featuring myself, RJ White, Pete Prisco. Nick Costos is, uh, is indisposed. He's moving, so we're not going to have that segment today. No big deal. Uh, Nick needed something to excuse his eventual collapse in the Super Contest. And moving is it. This room's going to stay white hot, though. Pete, I'm going to let you start off because I know you love the Arizona Cardinals catching 10 points against the Minnesota Vikings. Well, I don't love, love them. I might love, love them. I do. I, I think that's too many. And, and look, we saw Buffalo go in there a couple of weeks ago with a crappy rookie quarterback or at least one that's not playing like 
we we expect veterans to play, and they went and won the game. And everything that could go wrong went wrong with the Vikings. They looked much better last week. But I, I just think ten and a half with this team, that's a lot. I think Arizona's defense is okay. Uh, I think they'll be able to hold up here. I know there's some key injuries that, to keep an eye on, but if I had to pick the game, I'd take the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't think Arizona's offense played that well on the road, despite the fact that they won. You know, it was a little fluky of a game. Too many drops by their receivers right now. I think the offensive play calling is pretty garbage. I think Rosen is good, but he might need a new coaching staff for him to live up to his potential. I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, they they get a win on the road. I don't know that they can come back and win again on the road this year. So I don't uh, this week. So I don't think they're going to be in this game at all. I think Minnesota's defense is going to feast in this game. They, they looked a lot better against. The Eagles, and that came on the road. We know they're beasts at home. So I would lead Minnesota, even giving 10. I think the line right now is 10. Um, the Cardinals coming off that road win and having to go back on the road, I think Minnesota probably covers here. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the Vikings did a good job of taking care of business at home. Um, I'll go Arizona. Don't feel great about it. I just don't think – I think Minnesota's a little out of sorts, and, and Arizona can present them problems. Uh, Arizona's at least got a little more creative with how they deal with David Johnson. Uh, not by much, but a little bit. So that's nice. Thanks a lot, Mike. Mike they uh, should make Byron left with the offensive coordinator. Get rid of Mike McCoy. Yeah, Mike McCoy is ruining everyone's year. Everyone's year. He's yeah. the worst. Like I was watching, I was trying to go back and watch all of David Johnson's touches. I mean, they don't get him in space, and they just run him into the middle of the line every time. It's beyond annoying. Stop doing that. Be creative with your with your pass catching running back. Uh, here's a tricky one for you, Pete. The Los Angeles Chargers in the month of October, favored on the road. In Cleveland against the white hot overtime filled Cleveland Browns who have now won, correct me if I'm wrong, one game in a row. Uh, one game in a row and uh, there's a good <laughs> chance to make it two games in a row, but I'm not going to be one of those guys that falls into that trap. I, I just don't see the Browns winning two in a row. I think uh, Philip Rivers is having a phenomenal year. I like the Browns defense and I don't like this game. really love this game either way, but if I had to lean, I'd lean to the Chargers. Yeah, Browns offense is playing well with Baker under center. He's they average 6.6 yards per play that first game, 5.5 against a really good defense in Baltimore that last game. Uh, it had been 3.8, 5.5, and 4.4 in their first three games. So you can already tell there's a difference there. I think the Browns' defense has a chance to give the Chargers' offense problems. They rank number two in DVOA, uh, and they really pass the eye test. You know, they're really getting it done on defense against some good offenses. It's hard to tell how good the Chargers are with their schedule. They got beat by two of the best teams in the league, in the Rams and the Chiefs, and then they easily won their other three games, even though the margin of victory was pretty small for that one against the Niners. Uh, the Chargers D is 18th in DVOA that adjusts for opponents, so maybe the defense is more average than we think. Um, you know, you, you want to play that West Coast team going East in 1 p.m. games, but the Chargers really haven't been that bad in that scenario. You know, they cover as much as they don't cover. The under is 11-7 since 2014 in those 1 p.m. games for the Chargers. So if I'm going to play this game, it's probably the under. The Browns are coming off two overtime games in a row. Could be a letdown spot after beating Baltimore. If I had to lean one way, I'd lean the Chargers, considering that they're not that bad in 1 p.m. games. Um, but I think the best play is probably the under. I love the, uh, the, the Browns at first, and now I'm – Starting to go away from that because it, it is insane to think about taking the Cleveland Browns as, um, like, like it feels like the, the it feels like the, the, the secret's out on the Browns. I, I believe, I think their defense is legit. I think they look, like, seriously have a top five NFL defense this year and that they are going to continually stop teams and keep them from, um, was that, was I running too hot there? No, no, he, he, the, he had the graphic up. We couldn't see your ugly mugs. So oh, now okay, we can see okay, it. Okay, there you go. Um, but yeah, look, I think Cleveland, I think Cleveland's legit. I just worry. I don't know. I think that this, I think the problem is this is two teams that screw up stuff constantly. They're 
it's going to come down to who screws up something the least. And I think the Browns will be the team that screws up something the least, but I don't want to take a chance by putting in the super contest. But I do lean towards the Browns here, catching a point at home against a Chargers team that, that while they've only lost to the Chiefs and Rams, is still capable of messing something up. Another home dog, Pete. The Miami Dolphins plus three against the Chicago Bears. Mitchell Trubisky in 2018 laying a field goal on the road out of a bye. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Mitchell Trubisky laying a field goal on the road. I, I think when you look at them, that their bye came at a bad time for them. They, and they, you know, blistered and just bludgeoned the Bucks defense, but they're not going to do that to the Dolphins defense. I think this is going to be a, a tougher game for them. Uh, the weather's going to be probably hot and muggy and the Bears aren't used to that. Um, I, I happen to really like the Miami Dolphins in this spot. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be high 80s for the game, so you don't have to worry about weather concerns at all. Um, the line value is clearly on the Dolphins. The look ahead was Dolphins minus one, and then they had that fluky collapse that you really can't count on giving up two defensive touchdowns in a game moving forward. So I think the defense played really well. Um, they are, they do play well at home. Miami, um, has given up three touchdowns in two home games on defense, uh, so that's pretty good. I don't trust the Bears on the road. They almost lost to the Cardinals in Week Three before they blew out the Bucks at home. So if we're gonna, you know, give give them a lot of credit for being really good on offense in that game, you have to look at how bad they looked on the road against what everybody thinks is a bad Cardinals team in Week Three. The the offense won't have the same success as they did versus the Bucks. Obviously, the defense should play well. This is another game where I think the under is the best play. But if you're looking at the side, I think you got to go with the value on the Dolphins. Do you uh, do you like the Bears first half? Perhaps I mean, that's the only thing that worries me is that they do come out and play well on offense early on. I mean, I, I, I mean they're what four for four on first half covers, and if they get out with a lead against Miami, is Miami really storming back against uh, Khalil Mack? I think they could. I, I think. Um, they could have some success. I, they don't have a lot of good downfield weapons, but they do get their points. They grind out possessions, and uh, the running game could come into play. I think Frank Gore has a good game. So I, I still think I'd play them. Maybe you go Bears first half. Maybe you look to play the Dolphins in-game if you want to bet the game in line. So if they do go down mm. 7 nothing, 7-3, and then they come back in the second half. So maybe that's a way to play too. Bears half, Dolphins live line, and, and take the under. Keep mashing the under live line as, it, as they continue to not score points. That's Just keep hammering it with bets, right, RJ? Uh, Redskins minus one at home, Pete, against the Panthers. The Redskins were humiliated and embarrassed. Uh, I was humiliated and embarrassed because I thought the Redskins would win. That was a really stupid bet. At least I'm not like Costas. I didn't put it in the Super Contest. Um, do the Redskins bounce back at home against Carolina this week? Uh, yes, they do. Um, I just think when you look at what happened to the Redskins, I'm concerned about the short week. I know that's always an issue. Um, there's some controversy there with the Josh Norman situation being benched and Gruden questioning people. So, yeah, there's some issues there. That usually gets a team to rally back. And I, I watched the Panthers um, this morning from their Giants game. Boy, they didn't they didn't look that good in that mm-hmm. game. They, they could have put that game away a bunch of different times and had it just blew it. Uh, there wasn't a lot of pressure on the quarterback at times. So I, I think in this spot, I'm leaning to the Redskins to win the game outright. I'll lay the point. Washington's really banged up with their skill position players. You got Crowder and Richardson dealing with injury. You got Peterson and Thompson both dealing with injury. So at, when it comes down to it, if they need points, who's Alex Smith throwing to? Jordan Reed, you know, he's probably going to get banged up during the game because he's never he's always hurt for a long stretch of time. I think the line is in a good spot. I think these teams are pretty close in value, but with Washington on the short week, I think minus one's a pretty good line. I think you might give the defense a pass for that tough spot on Monday Night Football against Breeze. They're having a historic day. He was always going to blow up in that spot. The Carolina D's getting gashed. They really need Thomas Davis back. He's returning 
preparing for this game off the suspension. They had that week week four by, so he's now served a four-game suspension here in week six. Um, Carolina's played just one road game so far. They might be worse than, than they've seen. I think that this is a pretty good spot for them, though, so... I, you know, I probably stay away from this game. I can see reasons to go both sides. You know, if you force me to pick one, I'd probably take Carolina with the point, just figuring it's a pretty even game. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing with these, both these teams is that, and I said this earlier this year is that Carolina is going to win some games that they shouldn't win and they're going to lose some games that they shouldn't lose. And this is a game that they shouldn't lose given all the injuries to Washington, given the short week. I think Alex Smith can do some stuff against that secondary. I, I've never seen Alex Smith play a game that bad in his, in his entire career as he played against the, the Saints on, on Monday night. And remember with the defense too, the defense had Breeze and the, and the Saints stopped dead to right a couple of times early in that first quarter, that first half where it looked like they were going to make it a game and they committed just, just just heinous penalties on third down that extended drives. Like one, like somebody, uh, I can't remember who it was, but he shoved Mark Ingram down after the play was over. That, that should have been a drive killer. It was like, that third. was, uh, Nicholson. Yeah, but it should have been like third and 22 or something like that, or maybe fourth down. Uh, there was a hold, a bad holding on Josh Norman on a third and five that they got the stop on. And I think that they can create some turnovers. I think the, the other thing too, Ryan Khalil, I, be, I can't remember if he came back or not against the Giants. He left with an injury. If he's hurt, the, watch out for that because the Panthers offense takes, takes a significant dip if Ryan Khalil is not playing. And when you add in Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, I think that they can really create some pressure on the interior. I like the Redskins in the spot. I'll be waiting to see what the Friday injury reports say before I potentially make them a super contest pick. However, Jets minus two and a half. This is, it's either a, man, it's short, it's either a, a short home dogs or short road favorites this week and, um, that, that's neither one of these things. I don't know what I'm talking about. The Jets minus two and a half against the Colts at home, Pete. Are you buying or selling some Andrew Luck stock here? Uh, I'm selling. I, I think I think the Jets will be able to run in this game. I mean, we saw them run last week. I think they'll run on the Colts. The Colts had those defensive games where we said, oh, boy, this is going to be a good Colts defense, and they've had some injuries over there, and they've that's impacted them on that side of the ball. Uh, so I, I just think the Jets will control the clock here. Try and keep the ball out of Luck's hands and, you know, no, no Hilton's going to be a problem. No Doyle's going to be a problem. So I, I, I lean to the Jets. I think their run game will keep this one low scoring, uh, and also they'll, they'll cover the number. Yeah, if you get, make these teams both fully healthy and you put them on a neutral field in just a, a random week, uh, you know, in October, November, I think I would lean Indy. But then you look at all the circumstances that are involved in this game. Indy's on long rest, but they're playing their fourth road game in their last five. Jets are in the middle of a three-game homestand, so it's a huge travel disparity going on. Luck had 121 attempts in his last two games. He could wear down if they work him that heavy again, so they need to run the ball. I don't know if they actually can, though, with, you know, the the uh, rotation they have at running back. Uh, the Jets' D's playing well. They're fifth in points allowed per drive. They're sixth in DVOA. Um, so I, circumstances have me leading with the Jets at minus two and a half. Um, and just thinking that Indy can't keep this up if they're going to unleash Luck 60 passes a game. Yeah, the, it's a little scary. I would I would lean towards the Colts because I just think Andrew Luck keeps t- keeps his team in games. I mean, they've had 10 days to rest since that Patriots game. He had the ball down. I mean, I don't, we haven't talked about it since, Pete. You had that as your super contest picks, and I had a – a condo steamer on it on my personally, it got a little nervous there. The Colts and uh, Patriots line, like they covered, they covered, but it got a little, uh, got a little dicey there with Andrew Luck holding the ball down seven points. And I just think he's playing so well right now that he keeps his teams in games. Uh, but look, if no T.Y. Hilton, no Jack Doyle, no Costanzo, if all, I mean, like if all these guys are hurt and out, it's going to be tough to back the Colts on a short number there because they just might be overwhelmed uh, by personnel. Bengals minus two and a half at home. Whew, the Steelers are dogs. That is interesting, Pete. 
Yeah, and I can't figure that one out. I mean, I know it's the home field and all that, but I, I would have thought this would have been more like an, an even game. Uh, look, the Bengals are 31st in the league in third down defense. That's not a good stat when you're playing the Steelers passing game. I think that's going to be a problem the entire game. Uh, and for that reason, I think Roethlisberger, who's had great success against the Bengals, will go in there and light them up. I love, I, I, I love the Steelers in this game. Yeah, I think people are going to love Cincinnati in, at this number with how they're playing and what their record shows. But they've had fluky wins. That week one scoop and score that they could have lost that game. Week four was a coin flip that they barely won. Week five, the defensive, the two defensive scores late pushed them over. So, um, Steelers own this series this decade. Like you said, they're 13 and three straight up. They've won five straight in the series. Big Ben in Cincinnati is 12 and two straight up. 11 and 3 against the spread and he's 5 and 1 straight up as an underdog so you throw any scenario you want Big Ben is going to deliver um, against this team in Cincinnati these teams are pretty evenly matched I can understand why the number is where it is because I don't give Cincy the full 3 at home but considering Pittsburgh's history and Big Ben's history in Cincinnati I think you got to go with Pittsburgh in this spot Uh, one thing to watch out for it doesn't look like it's going to be a huge factor but it does um, if 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 you look at Cincinnati weather uh, it shows that there could be some some rain and stuff on Sunday. It looks like it's supposed to happen later in the day, so it shouldn't be a big problem. Um, but yeah, worth worth noting. And it's going to be cold too, by the way. Forty nine degrees. I know it looks like about forty. Yeah, 53 by the time it kicks off. That's a pretty chilly thing. But I, I, I like Ben in that spot. And again, RJ, you and I were talking before this podcast about that. He has a tremendous record both in the state of Ohio and in Cincinnati. He is the only, he's only lost one time since 2010 in Cincinnati. Uh, give me the Steelers getting points in Roethlisberger, knowing that this is a game where if they go into Cincy and win, all of a sudden, all the turmoil, all the issues, as they head into the bye, are put on, are put on, we pumped the brakes on them because they just pulled the division a lot closer. I like Pittsburgh catching points uh, on the public money side of things, by the way. Uh, 62% per the action network of the bets are on Pittsburgh. 73% of the, uh, of the money are, is on Pittsburgh. Moving along. The Falcons minus three and a half in a, what is supposed to be a shootout. 57 and a half over under Pete. Uh, take the over for sure, because I think the winner is going to get in the 40s. Uh, I think the, both these defenses have major problems. Uh, you know, so much youth in Tampa Bay, so much, so many injuries in Atlanta. So both quarterbacks are going to light it up. So I, I actually think this one might get the winner, might get the 40, which sounds crazy, but I, I do think that's possible. I lean to the Falcons here. They're at home. Uh, Atlanta's defense, I mean, uh, Tampa Bay's defense on the back end is a problem. I think Julio Jones, no touchdowns. That's going to stop this week. He's going to get one, maybe two. Uh, I like the Falcons. I don't love the Falcons. I do, by the way, love the over. Yeah, two worst defenses in football playing indoors where Atlanta, you know, lights it up at home. So take, I take the over up to 60. It's 57 and a half now, I think. Up to 60, it's fine. It's fine taking the over and feeling pretty confident it's going to come, come in. Line value on, versus the look ahead is on Atlanta. They were six and a half on the look ahead line. Um, I would like them more if we were getting three here. So if you can get a line of, of Atlanta minus three, I'd say play that for sure. Three and a half, I still lean that way. Uh, Jameis has played well in his last three against Atlanta. Now he gets the banged up version of them. Uh, Atlanta's going to score a bunch. The offense is pretty unstoppable at home. Um, I, you know, obviously play the over and then I'd say go with Atlanta too if you like the side. Yeah, this over hadn't budged. I, I'm really surprised. Like I thought this would be up. I mean, do, do, do you guys think there's an issue with the, like the, not the books adjusting, but is it just they don't want to go above 60 because they're going to get immense amounts of money, like sharp money on the under once they get above 60? Because we've seen plenty of games go over 60. And I was reading Tom Fernelli, our colleague's uh, column, where he he picks his uh, six games for college football. And the uh, over-unders in college are through the roof, too. Like, the over is crazy profitable to, like, the tune of, of 1400 bucks this year if you bet bet 100 bucks on every over. 
Yeah, I'd say I'd say um, they probably don't want to go over sixty and break that barrier. But it's a it's a year where there's a lot. The scoring is a lot up. I think it's probably what up five or six points on average yeah. per per game. So if you adjust up, you, we would see you know fifty four, fifty fives um, in regular years. So there's no reason not to see a sixty, sixty one here. It was down last week though. Yeah. I think if I counted right, I think there were seven unders last week. It's down. You know, defenses usually catch up, and I think they're starting to. Mm. So you think? Oh, that's interesting. So these two de- these two teams don't have any defense. No, so they, they these over. two teams they, yeah. they couldn't cover the three of us. Right, exactly. That would be fun to see to, to watch uh, to watch the Falcons and maybe maybe one of us will get signed by the Falcons at some point this year. I'd like to see the Falcons try and cover us. That'd be interesting. Um, I bet they could probably do it. Seahawks and the Raiders headed to London. The Seahawks are minus three, and everybody and their brother, except for yours truly, is on the Seahawks. Pete. Uh, I'm on the Seahawks because I, I think the Raiders are atrocious. They are, and they are atrocious. They're really bad, and they're. I think Seattle's found a little something. They found their running game. They got that going. They, you know, they didn't have big offensive numbers in the air last week, but Wilson was efficient. Uh, defensively, they're a disaster. This is probably going to be another over, uh, but because I don't, I don't think that uh, either defense is that good. But I do lean to the to the running game and Seahawks in this one. I think over is probably a good play. I think the line's in a good spot. I have Seattle is three points better on a neutral field, and obviously this is a neutral field, and the line's three. So uh, Oakland's on the road for four of their last five. They could be dragging considering this is an extra long road trip. Uh, Seattle run game is on a roll, like Pete said. Oakland struggled against the run against Cleveland and Denver, so they could do that here if Seattle can have that same success. I think Seattle's solid on both sides of the ball, but Oakland defense, like Pete said, is playing bad. So I think the moves to play Seattle or stay away, I'm probably staying away because I think the line is right where it needs to be. Uh, I, I'm taking the Raiders just because I'm not as like a super contest pick or anything, but and not in real life. But I have, we have to pick every game against a spread. Uh, by the way, ten four and one last week, Pete. That's scorching hot. Vaulted me into a one game back of Mr. Jamie Eisenberg. What do you think about you, that? You'll you'll cool off. You always do. Do you see what I did straight up? Yeah, you were like thirteen and three or 14, something. Fourteen and one. Yeah, well, you must have been throwing darts and they must have hit yet last week. Hey, you know, you're also an 0 and 5 in the contest. That's, that's fine. That. Don't worry. 5 and 0 coming this week. Um, I, I, I like the Raiders. I, I don't love the Raiders by any stretch of the imagination. I just think this is a weird game in London. Um, weird things happen. I will take the weird team with kind of a weird line. Like why is Oakland only getting three against a Seattle team that's looked much better? Doesn't make any sense to me. Texans minus nine and a half hosting the Bills. This line is actually, I think, moved up in real life now that appears Deshaun Watson is playing, Pete. Yeah, and look, these are this is two bad lines playing each other. The two most sacked quarterbacks in the league are in this game, uh, but one team has a better defensive line, and that's the Texans. And I think that's going to be the difference in the game. Uh, so I think that you know this is the Buffalo Bills give Sean McDermott a lot of credit. And sure. winning two games with this garbage is masterful. And he and he actually beat two decent teams. He beat the Vikings on the road. And he beat the Titans last week. I don't think they're going to hang around in this game. I, I like the Texans. I think Watson's going to be able to make plays down the field. Uh, I don't love it, but I would lay the points with the Texans. When you said two defensive lines, the difference is one of them's playing well. I thought you might say Buffalo because that defense is playing pretty well. But they're not as good as Watt and Clowney in that group. No, but they can expose bad lines, and that's what Houston has. And I don't see how you can lay this many points. I don't ever want to play Buffalo. They're averaging 3.6 yards per play, <laughs> 3.7 yards per attempt. That's just atrocious for a passing offense. But with that defense playing well and Houston having a bad offensive line, I can't trust them to cover his favorites at 9.5 points. That's a lot of points. I agree. With, with the coaching you know, being bad, they're trying to get in their own way on Sunday night football, bad play calling near the goal line. It looks like Steve Sarkeesian, the way they're calling plays, with Deshaun Watson in the shotgun on fourth and one You know, from – from the one-inch line, makes no sense. Houston can stop the run, and that's what Buffalo does better. Obviously, they can't throw the ball at all. 
I would play the under here if I'm playing anything. Again, I've, I've been harping under, under, under. But um, I think that's the play here because these defenses should destroy the other off- others' offensive lines. Nine and a half is too, way too many points to give. So if you're playing the line, I think you have to take Buffalo because Houston hasn't earned being favored by nine and a half against anyone, not even the worst team in the league. Yeah, I tend to agree that you just can't um, can't go nine and a half with, with Houston. They're not good, not very good. You don't want you know you don't want to you don't want to spend your day watching Houston Texans film uh, unless you really want to study the line. If you but you know there's plenty of other teams you might want to watch. And if you do want to watch film, if you want to be a tape grinder like Pete Prisco, like R.J. White, like myself, real tape grinders. RJ and I like the condensed version. Pete, Pete, Pete nestles up to some all 22 and you could do the same thing with NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com slash pick six and you get a seven day free trial of NFL Game Pass. You get every single game. You go back in history and watch old school games. You can, I'm pretty sure you can watch Brett Favre. You can definitely watch Peyton Manning with the Broncos or the Colts. You can watch Drew Brees. I don't know if you can watch him with the Chargers, but you can definitely watch all his games with the Saints and you can do it all from the comfort of your laptop or your streaming device, maybe even, in fact, you could watch it on your PlayStation, I believe, because I've done that, or your Xbox, whatever you got, your Roku, same places you can watch CBS Sports HQ. Make sure and go check out NFL Game Pass, every game for real football fans, NFL Game Pass, NFL.com slash pick six. On to the next game, the Rams minus six and a half at the Broncos, second week in a row, Pete, that the Rams have been touchdown favorites or thereabouts on the road. It's a bit much. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot. They're playing back-to-back road games, and, and they have problems stopping the run. We saw that at Seattle last week, and I think Denver's going to be able to run the ball or at least try to run the ball, control the clock. I think they will do that. My concern on the other side, Denver's has run game issues too. Will, Todd, will, will Sean McVay stay with Todd Gurley enough, or will we get away from it? If it's me, I hand it off to him a bunch. Uh, I don't know if he's capable of doing that, even with the wide receiver injuries, and they're probably, you know, their status is unknown right now. They're probably going to, one of them might go, one of them might not. But can he stay with the run? Even if he does, I think that plays into the hands of the Broncos. I like the Broncos plus the points. I think he can stay with the one unit run. He, he'll do what he needs to do to win. He's a very smart guy, obviously, and he'll gain. He, he didn't do it against the Falcons last year in the playoffs. Okay, well, everybody has Sheesh. one bad game or so, but I don't think you can call a bad game coming from a smart guy like that like it'll just it'll happen at some point but i don't don't know that you can peg exactly when it's going to come uh denver will run the ball they're number one in dvoa number one in yards per carry they can follow the seattle game plan it's just grinding out those yards and in getting into the red zone um you know not every drive but but better than you might think um broncos have a good home field advantage uh it's the middle of a three-game road trip for the rams so i do think that the the travel disparity really helps out the broncos here the value here is definitely on the broncos like it was last week going against the rams i think this line should probably be four and a half or five instead of six and a half uh if the broncos can keep that explosive rams rams offense down you know around 27 like they did against the chiefs i think they're going to cover pretty pretty easily um you know you said the rams in receiver injuries i think it would be a run game all day both sides and that that would um Help the under because you know when you're grinding out the ball, um, the time the clock is keeps running and, and the time <laughs> of possession keeps on getting chewed up. So maybe lean the under here. I think we have to fade the Rams either way though. Yeah, I I think if you can get seven, go ahead and take it and make sure it doesn't move back to six and a half. Because look, I mean, you're just dealing with you're dealing with a team in the Broncos that just got humiliated on the road to the New York freaking Jets. Vance Joseph is on the hot seat and might get fired if he doesn't keep this up. So this is they. I think they, they're pretty sure the Broncos had a game like this last year. Vance Joseph came out and said something like 
um, he said he had some dumb mantra that he that he issued for the team, and they they answered the bell. They played really well for him, and I think they know they need to play really well for him here in order to help save his job. Uh, Bradley Roby has to go out and play well because he just got embarrassed. Uh, you know, the, the run defense got carved up by Isaiah Crowell. It's humiliating for a team with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, uh, and the cornerback Chris Harris, the cornerbacks that they have, uh, the linebackers they have. Uh, they have to they have to come back and step up in a big way. You're getting seven points at home with a professional football team. You take the Broncos. Because if you can get the seven, I'm a little scared of it because <laughs> the Rams are terrifying to take it to six and a half in the super contest, though. Jaguars minus three at the Cowboys. Mm, interesting game. Both teams humiliated, Pete. This is going to set offensive football back about 120 years, this game. It's going to be, I call these the, the barf bag games because I, I can't, I hate watching games where the offense is so inept. But one, two good defenses, I, I one's a little bit better than the other, and, and that's Jacksonville. So, uh, with that in mind, I think Bortles will play a little bit better this week. He can't play any worse. He can't doink balls off the helmets. Um, and I think the inability of the Cowboys to scare anybody down the field will show up. If I'm Jacksonville, I'm playing press man on the receivers with my two corners, and I'm loading up to stop Elliott, and that's the way I'm playing the entire game. I know that's not what they do. There's been some rumblings in Jacksonville about maybe they need to change what they do on defense and play a little tighter outside. I, I think maybe they'll do more of it this week. I like Jacksonville minus the points. If this game sets offensive football back 120 years, it's going to go back to 1776 because that Sunday night game last year was uh, set it back 120 years already. I mean, that, that last Houston, week, yeah. Dallas game was terrible. Dallas had just 14 first downs against Houston in a game that went the length of overtime. Like, how do you play 70 minutes of football and only get 14 first downs? Uh, <laughs> Dallas, Dallas's only wins are against bad teams. You know, Jacksonville's better than the Giants and Lions, the two teams that Dallas beat. Uh, this is the same line that Jacksonville had at week one at the Giants. They covered, um, you know, they won by five, and that, that happened to be a late touchdown by the, the Giants to help them cover. The Jaguars were in control of that whole game. I think we get a similar game here. Dallas is in the middle of the pack in defensive DVOA despite their solid numbers otherwise, so maybe that defense is due to get exposed a little bit. I think the Jacksonville offense writes the ship after a bad day last week. I think Bortles isn't really that reliable on the road but he has a good game here exposes this team that's distracted with maybe the calls to fire garrett and jacksonville coverage pretty easily yeah dallas doesn't really have a great home field advantage i i like the jaguars here it opened up jaguars minus one and quickly moved up to three i think it's three and a half in some places that would be a little bit much um i don't think i would want to lay if i were if i were betting on the jaguars and but i i can't take the cowboys they're a bad team they're just not good. And if you can slow down Zeke Elliott, you can snuff them out. And the Texans did just that. The Texans should have won that game by 40 points. Uh, the, the Jaguars are a team that thrives on playing from ahead. And in this sort of situation, they can get some points on the board with some creative play calling by Nathaniel Hackett, go down there, get a lead, put pressure on the Cowboys, and there's just nobody you can threaten down the field at all against that Jaguar secondary. I like the Jaguars in this spot as well. Pay, oh, excuse me, Titans hosting the Ravens. <laughs> Please, my Titans catching two and a half at home. Mm, I get that they lost to the Bills on the road. It's the cover horse at home. Titans plus two and a half. I love this team at home, Pete. Yeah, look, three straight for the Ravens on the road is brutal. It really is. And uh, I think being on the road two weeks in a row affected them last week. I think it'll probably affect them here. I don't love the game either way. I'd probably lean to the Ravens because I, I just – I don't like the Titans, the way they play the game. The offense is primitive. Um, and I think Flacco's actually better than Mariota, believe it or not. So uh, I would take the, 
the Ravens, hey, I don't love it. I Pete, wouldn't play it. Pete, let me ask you something. Do you think that they're doing their offense and Mariota disservice by continuing to incorporate Derrick Henry the way they incorporate him? Like, should they just bench Derrick Henry and go Deion Lewis? No, you've got to get the running game going at some point. And Deion Lewis is a scat back. I don't, I don't think Deion Lewis is going to handle the load like Henry can, but, but they look, Mariota needs to play better, period. But if he has a guy, you know, catch a ball at the end of the game, they win the game last week. Yeah, I think one thing you don't do is play Nick Williams ever again. He no, dropped, that easy, him. <laughs> dropped that easy touchdown. You know, they should have won that game against Buffalo. Uh, it is a third straight game for Baltimore, like you said. They're coming off an overtime loss, too, so they could be even more worn out, you know, having to go on the road three straight games, coming off playing an overtime game, you know, that went all the way down to, to ten, ten, the whole 10 minutes of the clock. I am a fan of both these teams. I look to play them uh, in, in you know, week in and week out. I look for reasons to play them. Obviously, you can't play them both here. I do think Baltimore is a better team, but not six, five and a half or six points better, which is what this line implies. Tennessee's only scored six touchdowns on offense, so I get it that they're not that great to watch on defense, on, on offense, but they've given up just seven on defense, so the defense is playing a lot better than I think people realize as well. So I'm fading Baltimore in a bad spot. I expect Tennessee to find a way to win here. I love the under again. You know, I think that's four unders I, I like this week. Um, but I do think Tennessee wins at home because they're, like Princeton said, they're a good home team. Yeah, I've got Tennessee, and they will be in my super contest. Uh, the Patriots hosting the Chiefs in a game that has an incredibly high and potentially historic over-under. The Patriots minus 3.5, over-under 59, Pete. It's going under, by the way. Is it? I'm, I'm calling that one already. It actually, it already. actually makes sense because it hadn't budged. If anything, it's well, gone he, down. And here's why. Bill Belichick knows that the Chiefs can't defend the run. The Broncos ran on them and got away from it. The Jaguars ran on them and got away from it. Belichick's not getting away from it. I know he has Tom Brady, but he's going to run the ball. Sony Michelle is going to have a big day running the football. They will control time of possession. And on the other side, you give Belichick extra time, which he has, to, to defend a, a quarterback in a system that's a lot of it's predicated on matchups and creating those matchups with all those formations and movements and everything else. I think he's going to be able to slow them down. I think the game's going under, and I love the New England Patriots. The Chiefs are giving up 5.8 yards per carry, to, to your point of how bad they are against run offenses. So I do expect a big game from New England in that aspect. Sony Michelle, a great play in, in fantasy leagues this week. Um, I think New England could get to 38 again. I don't know that Kansas City is going to play well defensively. Justin Houston is missing practice, so he might be out along with Eric Berry, obviously still on the shelf. So New England can kind of get what they need to on offense. So I could see them getting to 35, 38. Um, but I don't know that the Chiefs could keep up. So I do like New England as well. It's a Belichick revenge spot after week one last year. You know, he's going to look for ways to exploit Mahomes and, and take the shine off the, the diamond there and make him look like he's just an average quarterback. The Kansas City defense finally, finally played well against Jacksonville. They still gave up 500 yards, um, of, of offense. And the reason that they, blew out that game is because of the turnovers. They had five turnovers. You know, Bortles played a bad game. I don't think Brady's going to have the, that type of, uh, you know, luck against this defense. So, I definitely go to New England as well. Yeah, the Patriots are on a pretty good uh little tear here covering at home, I think, as um as more than a three point favorite, and as you might imagine, they're also almost always a three point favorite. I believe they've covered every home game uh where they were more than a field goal favorite dating back to that can't be right. Um 
it says like dating back to 10, 22, 17. I can't buy that, buy into that, but this does remind me of that game in that it's the Falcons who were coming in. The Falcons were, uh, in a revenge game situation. They wanted to try and, you know, make, like try and like dethrone the AFC or dethrone the champs. And that's sort of what the Chiefs want to do here. I'm a little nervous about the over because it hadn't moved much. I think it could be a shootout, but I do believe you're right. Um, if you look at like recent results, the Patriots have uh, tend to grind out these, these games where they're like the spreads are a little bit closer and try and make the other team work. I like the Patriots here mainly because you can get the Patriots minus three and a half at home on a primetime game on a Sunday night on a heavily bet game and you're fading the public. How often do you get to do that? Never give me the Patriots here. Like him a lot. And finally, guys, the Packers minus nine and a half at home. Aaron Rodgers, a huge favorite against CJ beat hard. Yeah, and the 49ers have defensive problems, particularly in the secondary. <laughs> Rodgers threw for four, over 400 last week. I think he's going to get back into a little bit of a rhythm. Uh, you know, he's had receiver injuries that have impacted him. I think, you know, when you look at what he does, uh, it doesn't really matter who he throws to. You saw that last week, and I, I do think that's going to carry over here. The 49ers have problems in covering the pass. I like the, I hate laying big numbers, but I, I like the Packers minus the points. Who would you say has a worse defense, the 49ers or the Bills? 49ers. Well, this is the same line that when the Bills went to Green Bay, right. it was nine and a half. And Green Bay won that game easily, 22 nothing. even though the Bills played pretty well defensively. They held them to a lot of field goals. Uh, but, yeah, I say the San Fran defense had been playing well. Um, they gave up that long TD last week, but they played pretty well after that game. But that was at home against Arizona. Now they're on the road against Green Bay. Um, Rodgers is looking pretty healthy. I'm not as scared of his knee as I have been because he's been moving around fine. The Green Bay defense is pretty solid. They're third in net yards per attempt, 11th in pass DVOA, ninth in points per drive. So I think that defense is playing better than people realize when you think back to that Vikings game where they got they got tore up. And I think that's really the only thing people remember, but that defense is actually playing pretty well. My power ratings say this line should be minus 11, so I think you do lay it at 10 or less. It's no, 9.5 in the contest, so I agree with you. I don't like laying big numbers, but I laid it with Green Bay against Buffalo at minus nine and a half and i would do it here too yeah I, I think if you want to take it if you're listening to this podcast on a friday which you probably are it's on a monday game sometimes you might want to wait till monday to make your bets for monday night football don't wait because this line is going to get above 10 i like the packers a ton in this spot it's the same it's the identical situation to the bills except you know the the of course the packers the 49ers aren't coming off a win uh, but they are traveling to a spot and playing and this is also in prime time instead aaron Rodgers is going to light up the 49ers secondary like you said rj he's moving a lot better he played really well against the Lions. Mason Crosby just couldn't make any kicks. They probably win that game if Mason Crosby can make any kicks. So in, in this spot, I like the Packers minus nine and a half with some huge points. All right, let's recap very quickly. Pete, who you got as uh, who you'd lock in? Actually, RJ, you go first because you have actually submitted your contest picks. The Giants, who knows? Did they win? Did they cover? Did, did they cover RJ or did they not cover? Uh, I hope they covered. Uh, so I, I had the Giants. You can get my other four picks at Sportsline. They should be out by the time you're listening to this on Friday. Um, I put in every su- my Super Contest picks at Sportsline. Uh, they're up every Saturday morning. Obviously, it'll be up a little earlier because I did take the Thursday game. So just check out Sportsline.com, and you'll be able to see my contest picks. And if you use promo code WHITE, you can get the first month for a dollar. Sportsline.com has all kinds of DSM, DSS, DFS information that you need. Gambling, stats, expert picks. Uh, Stephen O, who's on the podcast, runs all – the, the, the stats, the data, everything that cranks out there to help you set your optimal lineup for fantasy and gambling. Uh, Pete, who are you leaning to with your picks? Uh, I'm leaning to the Dolphins. I'm leaning to uh, – who else am I leaning to? Uh, Redskins a little bit. The, the Cardinals a little bit. You're going Pats. Pats for sure. Um, 
after that, I'm maybe Jacksonville. Um, but I'm not sure. I got a couple I'm still playing around with. I'm looking at my Usually five. I put them in on Thursday and I got all losers. So what's the difference? I could just throw darts against the wall and have a better chance than I do of me picking them. That's so. right. Um, I'm leaning towards Packers, Patriots, Titans, Buccaneers, Steelers, and Redskins, uh, as well as the Browns I'm toying around with, but I probably won't do that. Uh, for P. Prisker, for R.J. White, I am Will Brinson. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Talk to you next week. See ya.